All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing is nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth building market insights. Matt Schreiber, and this is Bull Bear Radio. It's a new year. It's episode number 57. We got the Powell put in full effect at the moment. I don't know how long that's going to last, but the Powell put is in full effect. Now, we had the worst December uh, on record almost until the market made a little bit of a comeback at the end of the month. It was the worst December since 1931 and in fact 90% of asset classes uh, according to Deutsche Bank 30 equity 30 bonds so on and so forth 90% were negative for the year not a positive return Uh, not not much place to find a positive return last year so we'll get Don Schreiber the guru he's joined me here he's here he's got his thoughts about 2019 2019 bro but first we're going to recap a little bit of 2018 quick just roller coaster man we're on a maximum roller coaster ride set the table right holy moly so we had get out your crash helmet pretty much every besides (laughs) everything besides the the Dow and the S&P uh went into a bear market Russell 2000, NASDAQ, so on and so forth. High to low, baby. Everything you get into, into a, a bear market, a, it's a bear market. A bear market. And, and people think that evaporated just because the market rallied here at year end and for uh, the first uh, you know, seven trading sessions or so on average this year. Not the case. Right. Well, you when get you, a bear market rally, there tend to be really uh, big bursts to the upside. When you go into correction territory, right? Like you did on the Dow and the S and P, the average correction lasts about five months, uh, going back to you know nineteen forty five and, and such. So that would mean that we're not out of the woods yet because we went into correction territory really in October. So if you go November, that, December, January is only the third month. So we got a couple more months. We've got man, earnings season you, coming up. You're talking about a correction on on a if it if it's a qualifying bear market if it's a bear market the bear market lasts typically 15 months so most indexes the vast majority of them um the majority of stocks entered a bear market last year and uh if you use that information as your guide here the average bear market lasts over a year so uh don you know you you think we got some more pain coming up or what Man, I think that you know we're we're in a uh, an environment that really sets the stage for pretty weak growth. Not only in the uh, economic cycle, GDP is slowing. Um, we had some ISM numbers, which are an indication of how well the the uh, you know industry is working, how how well the services sector is working. Both were um, shockingly down, and the surprise took uh, Chairman Powell by surprise. I'm sure. Of the Fed, and you know he changed his uh, tone from um, you know we can continue to raise rates to oh my God, 
uh, we're going to take it easy. We're going to watch the data. We're going to be really careful. We're going to listen to markets. We're going to do everything except for raise rates again for sure. That doesn't mean that they won't raise rates. Now, speaking of the data, which we're going to get into earnings season in a second, but I just have to throw this out here. This was information that you actually sent my way the other day. The compounded annual growth rate for the S&P 500 over the last 20 years through the end of December, so 99 to present, is 5.5%. It is the worst trailing 20-year compounded growth rate, annual growth rate for the S&P 500 ever. since 1928. Like ever. The, the average 20-year rolling is 10.7%. So, Don, like, why are we at 5.5 instead of 10.7, especially when we've had this long-winded bull market rally? Well, is well a, I'm, I'm confused. Hey, man, we had a couple of significant bear markets in there that tend to uh, shred return and in capital. Uh, investors have been treated really poorly since the 2000.com uh, bear market started to eviscerate, you know, investors' capital. Well, then we had the 2000. Eight uh, financial crisis. It's interesting. About every six or six and a half years on average, you get a bear market. We haven't had one for 10. Typically, the longer you go without a big correction, a bear market, the uh, worse the correction is when it actually shows up, which is one of our big concerns that investors are thinking, you know, this is la la land. This is Goldilocks. A bear market is never going to happen. Well, October, November, and December showed investors once again the risk of thinking that investing is easy. Investing is never easy. It just looks that way sometimes. The market will confuse investors, make them believe that the market will continue to go up forever, and then it tends to actually uh, go to the downside hard and rip investors' face off. Yes. So the max drawdown last year, and if you don't know what max drawdown is, it's a peak to trough, right? So the the high that was hit for the year for the S&P 500 was on 921. September 21st right? of, September of 2018. 21st. It hit a low uh, later in December. And from that peak to trough, that low, it was down 19.36%. Let's not be fooled out there. Uh, as to, yeah, on price, the S&P was down six for the year. Yeah, peak to trough, it was down 19. It has never recovered its peak price, despite the year looking a little bit better. I think people need to keep in mind here that we still are in a market correction on most gauges, right? And, and therefore, you see a lot of volatility. You'll see a big move to the upside before you may have another leg down yet again. Would you concur that we might have an earnings season here, uh, another leg down yet again? Yeah, so uh, some of the, the uh, data that we started to see most recently, FactSet put out some interesting data about you know what the uh, – the cycle starting to look like we have had, you know, uh, analyst estimates uh, reduced from the September 30th, third quarter end for third quarter down by about 4%, 3.9% so far, which is a much bigger uh, adjustment to uh, earnings expectations to the downside than what's normal. So it's, it's, it's at least a full percentage point, maybe a percentage and a point and a half more than what is normal. So so, I think I actually think that analyst estimates, which have been being uh, driven down, 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 are still too 
high. Yeah. I'm and I think that earnings are going to be disappointing. And what I'm really worried about, which we saw in the fourth quarter um, for the third quarter uh, earnings season, is guidance for the next coming quarter or for next year, 2019 in this case, this year. Now, uh, they're going to be dismal. Mm-hmm. They're going to be really bad. I mean, this morning, the entire retail sector got you know uh, punched in the face mm-hmm. because while there was good consumer spending during the holiday season, yes, and sales were much higher, right? About seven percent growth in sales for the holiday season year over year. Yep. Companies got those, you know, Macy's, Kohl's. These companies they got those sales by shredding their margins. So they got sales, but no profit. Right. You know, Amazon's getting the profit. Still the storyboard. Mm -hmm. And so what we see is with the December worst market cycle since the Great Depression, December, worst December, end of the year is usually positive. It was, by the way. Typically positive. It's it's a Santa Claus rally. Through Christmas Eve, the worst December on record, by the way. And get a grip. That's going to affect consumer and business sentiment. Anything that affects a consumer sentiment will affect business sentiment. One of the things I found alarming is in the third quarter, CAPEX. CAPEX, yep. CAPEX spending, right, for businesses on capital and equipment. That's the spending on capital and equipment. Had for the first two quarters of 2018 averaged a 10% year-over-year growth rate. It's great. Third quarter, zero. Yep. Fourth quarter, probably a zero or negative. Still waiting on the numbers. Yeah. Well, we got a shutdown. So, you know, there's uh, a lot oh, of we key have a numbers. government shutdown. Do you think that might affect things, Matt? Uh, not whatsoever. Probably not. You know, th- those folks are probably not going to get a paycheck, which means they have no money to spend, can't, sp- you know, pay the rent, so on and so forth. I don't think it'll be a problem whatsoever. Nah. nah. Everything's good, man. Goldilocks, it rains. You know what happens? Sometimes Goldilocks gets eaten by the bear. Mm. That's a new children's book. That'd be scary. Well, no, that's, uh, that, that was a children's so I'm, book, I'm and that's, that that's the way it goes. Estimated earnings growth rate, according to facts, that's 11.4%. That's earnings growth rates, right? Yep. Has nothing to do with what the revenue is going to be. Well, the earnings growth rate's 11.4. Facts that was posturing that, you know, because uh, earnings beats have been so strong. Mm-hmm. That they expect that we might hit fifteen percent earnings growth rate for the quarter. I again, I think that everybody isn't in tune with the underlying fundamentals. Man, business conditions really weakened in the third and fourth quarter, and earnings and revenue growth rates are going to be impacted big time. Right, and the government shutdown is going to impact fourth quarter, uh, or uh, excuse me, first quarter. Uh, GDP and first quarter earnings uh, for a lot of companies uh, big time. Yep. And it's one of the th- key areas that we think is is a mess. I think that yeah, the, well, well, the, the, the complete uh, uh, drop-off in uh, ISM is unbelievable. And guess what? U.S. economy is still the fastest-growing developed economy in the world, and Europe, mm-hmm. right, the largest, strongest economy in Europe is in recession, Germany. Germany. I mean, in October, they posted a negative number that was down almost uh, 1% negative growth rate, 1.9 for November. 
I don't even want to know what December looks like. Right. So they're headed towards recession. They are. That's saying. good. They're, I, right. I believe they're in recession. That'd be my call. And, you know, if you haven't noticed, China's got a little growth problem, too. They're in contraction. They are going to be really lucky not to uh, fall into recession. So you have the driver of Europe that's that's weakening. Yep. Heading towards recession. And the and the driver of all of Asia is heading towards recession. Oh. And Japan couldn't find growth with both hands and a flashlight. Yeah, so we're we're going to be getting fourth quarter in very soon. Uh, analysts are projecting earnings growth of eleven point four percent and revenue growth of six point one. You're saying that you might we might be a shade under those figures in your estimation. Uh, Q one of twenty nineteen, which big is concern what you're is going to be to? guidance, man. Guidance is going to be terrible, right? Because Analysts are projecting earnings growth of 2.9% in Q1. Get a grip. Wait a minute. We have, they're projecting for the fourth quarter 11.4, 11. and then it drops, drops to 2.9 now. Oh, boy. Now, and, and just a couple months ago, right, they were forecasting in the 5, 6, 7% range on earnings for the S&P 500. It was higher. It was 7, 8. You know, they cut it in half, man. They did? Well, they cut it by 70% right now almost on some of the, the, the figures I saw. This is incredible. And the revenue growth rate's going to 7.3. And then for Q2, you're at 3.7 and 6 on revenue growth. See, the, the, the things that don't match up, the revenue growth doesn't match up with the earnings, right? So I believe the even, revenue growth is, is wildly overestimated and the earnings growth is probably in line. This whole thing is starting to, so you this know, is getting pretty slim here. Yeah, I think I think that you know we're going to have a tough um, earnings cycle by comparison going into the new year. 2019's got really big uh, earning comparison hurdles to climb. Yep, and the numbers may disappoint investors. If investors are disappointed, they typically reprice stocks because the future doesn't look as good as what the past has been. I believe we hit peak uh, earnings in the third quarter. Okay. Of 2018, so and it gets it it it, it it's not going to be as sunny from here. We're going to get your forecast when we come back. I want everybody to ruminate on this for one second, though. Don't answer this question, Don Schreiber. The bottom up target price for the S and P 500, according to FactSet, right here, their their uh, their target is. 3,093 spot 95 on the S&P 500, which is a 26% uh, rise in price over the, um, you know, 2018 closing price. Uh, you're not answering it right now, Don Shriver. We're going to get your answer when we come back. What? Are you looking for more value-added content, market updates, or economic outlooks from our hosts? Visit WBIinvestments.com today to get your hands on all of WBI's content. We look forward to seeing you there. And we're back. So, uh, as always, and I'm not, I'm serious about this now, right? Let's get some more Twitter followers out there, you know, for Bull Bear Radio, WBI president, WBI CEO, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere you want to listen to a podcast. Like so, it. Send it to everybody. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, Fact Set's saying, man, we could have one uh, massive, you know, rally uh, by the end of the year here. I'm looking at chart 
after chart after chart. You know, how long can the consumer remain positive? Uh, we got some questions about that, right? And, and we saw that uh, December Red Book index of retail sales at department stores up 7.7%, but the forecasts are looking dismal, which would point to the consumer obviously slowing their roll. Housing market continues to weaken. At the beginning of 2018, the average 30-year fixed mortgage rate was 4%. This is all according to our friends at FactSet. By mid-November, it was just below 5%. That's Housing a huge increase. Is in decline. It's becoming less affordable for most Americans. Indicators of future business activity are slowing. Companies are thinking that things are going to slow down big time, right? Small business confidence has been on the decline uh, recently. I mean, GDP, uh, question marks about that around the globe. So, and we got these forecasted earnings and revenue and profitability all on the slide. Like, dude, where do we get up 26%? Is that like uh, fake news or could it happen? Don, walk me through your forecast here. What it's do you like think, delusion, man. man. You know, like, maybe, maybe they're smoking something funny. I don't know, but that number seems a little but, bit overly optimistic but, but to look, me. 2008, I think the first 2009, co- we had a 50% decline on the S&P 500, right, from peak to trough. It was over, by the way, a two-year calendar year period, right? 57% peak to trough right. in 2008, On a daily basis, right? 50%, 57, whoa. 50% on a month-to-month high, right? So anyway, uh, yeah, you're right, 56, 57% on a day-to-day peak to trough. So, but... In the year 2009, we're up uh, over 20% on the S&P 500. So could we have a similar pattern here for maybe a meltdown to begin the year this year, and then it does climb back and you have a great return by year end? You could have a really nice return. I mean, one of the things that I I put out a uh, forecast uh, this week, and I think, you, you know, it's a must read. Honestly, it is a very good read. But let's talk about a couple of things. You know, the International Monetary Fund puts out global forecasts, and they've been updating their global forecast about every couple of months. And what they do is they t- they keep trimming their uh, GDP growth uh, figure for uh, global growth. You know, in um, November, uh, they trimmed it from 3.9 to 3.7. You know, we're, we're about ready to get another, and then in December another they trimmed trim. it from 3. 3.7 to 3.5 I mean they just keep, no that's not real they, I'm, they I'm just, just saying they just keep it, tri- right? they keep trimming yes <clears throat> I, I just that was a funny in the US again you have, to, you have to remember that the US is the strongest economy in the world and guess what large developed company I mean the one of the majors business spending is 25% of GDP growth Approximately. If it's zero right now, that's and a it big just problem. Went, and it just went to zero, folks, right? So the consumer cannot carry the economy at this growth level by themselves. You gotcha. may have noticed. You may have noticed that there's a little problem in Washington with you know uh, Congress, the Senate, and the President agreeing to anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get. We have we have gridlock to infinity. It's insane, and I don't think much is going to get done. You don't think the problem-solving caucus is going to get the job done? The 40 members of Congress who are trying to solve these problems, you don't think they'll prevail 40 here? 40 out of, like, 258? I don't think it matters. Get a grip, you know. So revenue growth forecasts continue to 
you know, point to a slowdown in top line revenue growth. Profits will follow corporate uh, top line revenue growth if profits slow. Businesses have already signaled that they think profits are going to slow because they cut their capex spending to zero. And corporate buybacks, which has been the largest number one source of liquidity and driver of market performance, is going to dry up if corporate profits start to slow and they get haircut. We're not going to have buybacks. And if buybacks aren't driving the market, what is going to drive the well, market? Well, they also can't borrow, you know, we had money. had a trillion dollars in buybacks like last nothing. year. Nothing. You know what I mean? So they were doing a lot of these buybacks based on, uh, you know, really cheap, adding cheap corporate debt to the balance sheets. Now you're they can't do that either. You're 100% right. One of the so things. So both that, sources of buybacks are going bye bye. One of the things that causes bye, bye, business bye. spending to slow down and consumer spending to slow down is what you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. If you have a 5% mortgage interest rate and it used to be three or four now it's five you're spending more of your discretionary cash flow to buy a house or to own a house than you were before which is going to impact consumer spending and guess what corporate debt right yields were really low when they when they put this stuff out i mean apple was essentially buying below they're buying borrowing at like fed funds rate it Mm -hmm. was you know almost nothing that's changed now. We have a a a ten year treasury that's in the you know two seventy five to three hundred basis point range, three percent, and uh, you know everything's costing more. Government debt. The government is swimming in debt. Unbelievable. We're going to have a trillion dollar deficit to fund the government this year. Maybe more with the with the shutdown. To, they're going to add a trillion bucks in debt that they have to finance and pay interest on. And so, you know, if you have your cash flow at the government level, all the tax revenue being consumed, um, you know, by interest payments, it, you're going to slow down things. You're going to impact the economy. Businesses are going to have less profit. Consumers are going to spend less money. That's where we're at. It's happening all around the world because to get out of the financial crisis you know, Ben Bernanke, um, heroically, along with Hank Paulson, who was the Treasury Secretary, Ben Bernanke was the Fed chairman, you know, leapt into the fray to prevent a Great Depression too, and came up with this zero interest rate policy, ZERP and uh, quantitative easing, which is QE. Yeah, and the markets got the Bernanke boost. They got the Bernanke boost. It was like, you know, uh, a big booster rockets. And so, you know, was it successful? Absolutely. It was fantastic. We didn't and, go into a Great Depression. We ended up with some growth. It was modest growth. Um, and GDP, you know, was average 2%. It's better than, you know, calamity. And the rest of the world followed suit. But central bankers outside well, the U.S. these policies, are, right? And, yep. and you got uh, markets went yippee about yelling for a long time. Yippee about yelling. I love oh, it. Oh, man, am I good or right? Oh, right, baby. Right. Now but we you got know, the power Europe, put for in, the moment, but I don't think that's going to last. In Europe and Asia, central bankers don't know what to do because they have growth that's declining. They don't have any growth to begin with. And they can't cut rates. And they're trying to unwind their negative interest rate policy and their quantitative easing. They're trying to stop it. How do you stop doing what is promoting at least a modicum of growth? Are you going to force yourself into a depression? It doesn't look good. 
So, you know, that's that's a big concern that we have. Global growth is going to impact, you know, uh, U.S. growth outside the U.S. is going to impact the U.S. We're going to have things slow down. And that's just the way it is. Well, if we get another rate increase in March, which is a possibility because the data that the Fed looks at is stronger, like jobs, wage growth, so on and so forth. Well, you know, they're worried, you know, their mandate is a dual mandate, you know, um, curb inflation. Number one. They curb inflation. There is none. There is none. You know, and they keep talking about it like it's a big boogeyman in the closet. There's no inflation. We still have a deflationary bias in the system. You can see that all around the world. Deflationary bias, not inflationary. So the Fed is essentially... Uh, you know, uh, fighting with windmills like Don Quixote did back in the day. Um, a little crazy, if you ask me. And, and, right, their other mandate is full employment. Baby, we are at and beyond full employment. And, you know, we had a big employment number, which is a head fake, 312,000 jobs in December. It's not going to continue. And honestly, it doesn't matter. It's not the thing that's going to give you faster growth, better corporate profits, and a bull market. But the labor participation rate's up, so they've done what they need to do. It's from 62 and change to 63. Holy cow. I think that's great. No, but I think that's great. And you know, and it usually averages close to 70. The indications so. are, the reason why that is uh, true is that older workers who were retired came back to the workforce and, and the, the younger set actually is coming in. Let, let, the younger set's actually coming in on the latest numbers. Yeah, but, you know, if older folks are going back to work after retiring, that may not be a real good sign. If they had enough money, you think they'd stay retired? Well, we just went over that at the top of the episode. The last 20 years, you know, they lost uh, a third of their money yeah, and twice a, at least. And S&P, best index in the world for the last you know, five or seven years, <laughs> yielding a 5.5% return over the last 20 years? You got to be kidding Yeah, me. and by the way, like if, that's you take, enough return if you take 1999 out- To help people retire comfortably? Give me a break. If you take 1999 out, it's 4.8%. So you get rid of one really good year and you chop, you know, uh, a little more over, a, almost it, a percentage point. We get, we'll we get another uh, down 20, down 25 here to complete this bear market cycle. And we'll have a under two percent rate of return on the S and P right, which for twenty years, which which would be fitting in terms of closing out this underperformance period, and and then maybe we move into a little bit better growth period, if uh, you know the the folks in uh, you the know good, these uh, capitals around the world don't mess things up too bad. So let's talk about the good news. We've been talking about the things that I think are going to cause weakness in the first half of 2019. I think the Fed has made a big policy error in raising rates eight times as if they could raise them the way they used to historically. When the growth in a recovery cycle was much higher, it has been really anemic. And so the economy isn't strong enough. It's not growing fast enough to absorb these rate hikes. We have a 900% rate hike so far in this rate hike cycle from 0.25 interest rate on the Fed funds to 2.5. The last uh, cycle that caused the financial crisis, the interest rate hike cycle was up 425%. And the dot-com cycle, which uh, blew up 
was only a 117% increase. So the Fed is way out over their skis with a 900% uh, increase in interest rates. And I think that's really the major problem. At the same time, they have balance sheet that they're adjusting, which puts more pressure on interest rates. This all and sounds liquidity. bad to me, by the way. And that's what's going been, supposed- That's what's been going on. Here's what the good news is. Oh. I think the Fed's done. I think the Fed is going to have a really hard time raising interest rates in 2019. And by the end of 2019, I think they're cutting. And I think that they pal put gets goes on steroids because now we're going to have you know in, easing instead of tightening and so uh markets towards the end of the year seeing that this is coming could really rock it right mm-hmm. if the fed stays quiet if we get trade resolution with china and if by some miracle we get some modicum of infrastructure spending which both parties seem to support uh, in, under normal circumstances, uh, we could have a continuation of this very long economic cycle that's been a good growth cycle and another surge in bull markets. I don't believe we're going to get to, you know, fact sets or the analysts. 26 percent. 26 percent. What do you think, mid-teens? But, but we could get, you know, a, a good solid low teens number mm. on a net basis. We go down, then we go back up Right for the year. It's not a bad deal. The key is... If we're going to go down, you want to have risk off, have some cash, so that when the buying opportunity presents itself after the market corrects, you get to buy low and sell high. That's what we try to do with our process, and we think that this cycle is perfect for investors to do that. I wouldn't buy and hold through this. I think that's a fool's game. So you're you're looking at a, an increase here uh in the 240 point range plus which would put you right around uh 2900 instead of almost 3100 you're saying around 2900 yeah you can get you can get in the in the in the 28s to 29s pretty easy here uh if those things uh start to fall into place and it looks like that's the where we're going i mean mm-hmm. the trend in in the fed uh speak is positive the yep. trend on trade speak is positive. The last thing, which is the infrastructure, we need more growth. If the U.S., because it's the biggest, strongest economy, we will either lead the, 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 the global economy to more growth or we will lead them into crisis. If we don't adopt the right policies, we got these idiots in Washington worried about the 2020 elections and they're not willing to do what's right, not only by the U.S. taxpayer, but by the economy and thereby by the markets. And they need to get their stuff together or we need new people in Washington. That's for sure. Well, they're squabbling over five billion dollars right now. And, you know, we have a trillion dollar funding need for the U.S. government. We're talking about five billion dollars, which is a half. Half. Not even a half. It's a hundredth, half of a hundredth of a percent. It's nothing. And they're doing that just for political gain, for power. And that is number 57. You just heard it here on Bull Bear Radio. Thanks for listening. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. 
Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time. And there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations, services, and fees are in the form ABV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments Bank.